You get strange reactions when you tell people that you're going to be a pastor. I've actually had a fair number of people tell me that I'm wasting my life. A larger percentage of people, even if they feign support, tell you that the church is dying. And will there even be a church for you to work at when you finish your studies? I wondered about some of this myself. My grandfather definitely thinks I'm crazy for becoming a pastor. He thinks I've watched enough law and order that I'm fully qualified to be a lawyer. But at seminary, you seemed to catch something that was going around. If you spent enough time at Candler School of Theology, you'd probably catch it too. It was like there was something in the air. Since all the outside forces were telling us that the church was dying, we told ourselves that if we weren't going to lay down and die, we had to change. There was this energy that was interwoven into everything that we did. We thought that a great change was coming to the church and that we were going to be a part of it. We had late-night conversations about it. We brainstormed about what we would do when all the old guys retired and when we were the leaders of the church. We heard stories about churches that were changing and decided whether we wanted to be a part of what they were doing. Sometimes we wondered if the United Methodist Church was the place for this change to happen or whether it needed to come from somewhere else. While it was easy to get caught up in the energy of it all, I always wondered if it was like being a Democrat in Austin. If everyone around you is voting Democrat, it may make you think that the Democrat is going to win the election. But you have to remember where you are. Maybe the only people who thought the church was going to change were the young, idealistic, cloistered seminary students. Imagine my surprise when I saw the Rethink Church video at annual conference. Imagine my even greater surprise when I heard David talking about this exact same thing for the past few weeks. Maybe we weren't living in an ecclesiastical bubble after all. Maybe other people share our vision. Maybe we can make this vision a reality. Maybe there is something to be said for youthful idealism. All this language of change and ideals and working towards something different reminded me of an image from Revelation. I took a class on apocalypses in seminary, so now I'm only mildly terrified of the book of Revelation. Some of you might recognize this as a common funeral text. Listen to it in the context of what we've been talking about these past few weeks. Instead of being used as a scripture of comfort, here it is to show that the reality of things are unwell. Repentance and change are necessary. With this in mind, listen to the word of the Lord. This is Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a beautiful bride prepared for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will prepare all of, remove all their sorrows, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, for the old world and its evils are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. The word of God for the people of God.
After all these weeks of gloom and doom, I think this is something we need today. Even after last week, what was meant to be good news, you are the church, might have sounded like bad news to some of you. Some of you might have been uncomfortable with the idea of, of being the hope for the world. Some of you are uncomfortable because you know you should be doing more. Others might be uncomfortable because of things you've done in the past, mistakes you've made. We're in big trouble if the hope of the world is on my shoulders. But listen, look, I am making everything new. New creation is not merely something to look forward to. In Christ, there is already the possibility to bring about new creation and individual lives. God is making everything new, even you. God is giving us a chance to make this right. Lord knows we've heard a lot about how the church is not what it's supposed to be, what it needs to be, but we have the potential to be made new in Christ. We can do better. We can grow closer to what God has created and called us to be. With God's help, we can improve this situation. In this vision, God comes down to earth. This new world that is being described, this world where there's no death or sorrow or pain, this world is here. God comes here. This change in God-human interaction happens on earth. God comes here. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is happening tomorrow, but I'm inviting you to see the potential. This scripture is telling us that all of this can happen. It can happen here, and God is inviting you to be a part of it. This is why David's been so excited these past few weeks. Yes, we have a building and administration and programs, but that's not the point. The point is that we're all working together with God. God has showed us this amazing vision and invited us to be a part of it. Don't you want to be a part of it? Do you remember last week when David kept saying that the church is not a what, it's a who? And who did he say the church was? Who did he say the church was? Did that freak anyone out? The idea is to put the ball in your court, the responsibility on your shoulders. That can be really intimidating, unless you realize that it's been there the entire time. This is not a new revelation. Every time we receive communion, we are asked to take part of the body of Christ. This might sound like circular reasoning, but follow me here. In communion, we take part in the body of Christ. That is, we eat and drink the body of Christ. We also partake in the body of Christ in that in the act of communion, we are participating in the body of Christ. Receiving communion is just one of the things that we do as a body. For the invitation to communion, I recently heard a pastor say, receive what you are, the body of Christ. I later learned that this was what the church father Augustine would say to baptized people upon receiving communion for the first time. He would say, be what you see and receive what you are. For most of us, this will not be our first time to receive communion. Instead, it reminds us that we are already bound to one another in the body of Christ. That's why it shouldn't be scary to say, I am the church, because you have probably been saying it for a while, only maybe with sacramental actions instead of words. When you come to this table, 
you need to be aware of what you're doing. This is not just a snack, although I do like the bread a lot. At this table, you are reaffirming your connection to everyone in this room and to all Christians everywhere. Together, you form the body of Christ. You are the church. It would be terrifying, and I would even say bad news, if you alone were the church. But you're not alone. Yes, I want you to take personal responsibility for working with God. Yes, I want you to study more, volunteer more, sacrifice more, give more time to friends. Yes, do all those things. But do them knowing that you have the entire body of Christ behind you. Augustine said, We abide in God when we are his members, and he abides in us when we are his temple. And for us to become his members, unity must bind us to each other. He continues, After all, just as many grains are mixed into one loaf in order to produce the visible appearance of bread, so too with the wine. Brothers and sisters, just remind yourselves that wine is made from many grapes, all hanging in a bunch, but the juice of the grapes is poured together in one vessel. That, too, is how the Lord Christ signified us, how he wished us to belong to him. The communion transformation is, for Augustine, a change of the community into a single thing with a single purpose. And the symbolism that he finds in the communion is not of the physical body of Christ, although that's there in our understanding of it, but of the mystical union of his members, under the sign of the bread and wine. So now that you've realized what you've been doing all these years, now that you realize that when you come to this table to receive communion, you're reaffirming your membership in the body of Christ and your connectedness to everyone else in the body of Christ, and now that you know you are the church, use that understanding and that knowledge to act like the body of Christ in the world. Forget all that stuff that we've turned church into, all that stuff that David's been talking about the past few weeks. Remember what we're supposed to be, what we have the potential to be, who we are. Remember what David said last week about individual commitment to a goal? Exactly. The change of the community into a single thing with a single purpose. That's the body of Christ. Let's prepare our hearts and minds to be what you see and receive what you are, the body of Christ. Let us pray. God, help us to live out what church is supposed to be and can be. Help us to wade past what we've turned it into. Help us to remember that you are making all things new, even us, and help us to share your vision for the future. Assist us with your grace so that we may be the body of Christ and do the work that you have called us to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so do you remember way back in the summer when I did communion that one time and we had the words up on the screen? That's how we're doing it again today. Um, and I think... Your words are black and my words are white, is that correct? Or is that backwards? You guys, your words are white, mine are black. And it says, I think it even says like people and pastor, so. Um, let us begin Holy Communion.
all together. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love and we've not heard our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out on your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be the, for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Let us now go into the world to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> 